Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename The Phantom. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern that's putting toothbrushes in your trick-or-treat bag. Codename Legion Cub. The worst Cobra ever. That is the most diabolical thing you have ever said <laughs> in the history of this podcast. And, and you are shunned now, you Cobra intern. You're the worst. Now I want a little O-ring figure with a little tiny toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is our special Halloween episode. It is It has ended up falling in the schedule better than was originally planned, so that's worked out really well. We've got some spooky surprises, some wonderful things to talk about uh, that are, you know, there's, there's plenty of horror in the world of G.I. Joe. We have done Halloween episodes before, and this time around, though, Christian, you have found, we're, we're going to kick it off right now, you have found something very specific, very fascinating, and unfortunately not a ton of information, though. Yeah, so, you know, I was thinking about Halloween when I was a kid, and the, the costumes, specifically the Ben Cooper costumes um, <clears throat> that, that were made, you know, with the, the cut-your-face-up thin plastic with the elastic band right uh, sometimes a uh, you know plastic jumper that was either made to look like the character that your costume is of or in this case they just slap the character on it um and this is the ben cooper gi joe costume uh, again uh, it came out in 1982 and it is based off of grunt um, it surprises me, one, that there's not a lot of info, two, that from all of my searching online, this seems to be almost the only G.I. Joe costume that was made during that time period. Um, Whoa. So and, and the other thing, too, is this was released in 82, but this same thing was released for many years after that. Because there are ones that are boxed that are dated. Uh, I found one that's 1989. Wow. So and with in 1989, packages. if I got this, I would have been ticked off. You guys, if you go to eBay and you search G.I. Joe Ben Cooper, oh, there are some other delights to be found, <laughs> such as the vintage Ben Cooper Halloween G.I. Joe Duke costume. With Duke in his desert camo, there is the G.I. Joe 1982 Ben Cooper costume rain poncho, which is different. Well, no. So th is this just what goes with the costume, but it has a hood on it? What am I looking at here? No, no. no this is a different had, item. Had pants, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, this is actually a separate rain poncho with a hood, but with the same image of Grunt, which, by the way, we've talked about on the show before that on a lot of the non-Hasbro licensed merchandise, Grunt was the face of G.I. Joe. Yep. Uh, which is why he gets the costume here. We'll Don't worry, listeners, if you're familiar with this, we will talk about this mask in a minute. 
but we're on a voyage of discovery right now. Did you guys <laughs> see this Duke costume? I'm looking at it yeah. right now. Again, how did this not show up in all of my searches? That's what happens sometimes, though. I, I'll... I, I found Hasbro themselves made a role play set for Destro that had a plastic mask, but it wasn't specifically for Halloween. It was, you know, little kid be Destro any time of the year sort of thing. So I didn't include that in this. Right, right. Yeah, role play stuff would be a di- As a matter of fact, we we could probably do a whole episode just talking about role play items. Mm-hmm. If not multiple episodes, but yeah, specifically Halloween costumes. So we'll Grunt wow. is the beginning, but I think we got to talk about this this Duke right now. Yeah, I I love right. how uh the 1992 copyright info is Yes. Yes. just big and bold there for <laughs> everybody. In, in case you didn't know. <laughs> so uh, I always wanted to dress as a character and then have a picture of that character on my chest as well. But I mean, that was, did. that's that the Ben the Cooper. Two, you had the two varieties of Ben Cooper. You had the, the, uh, which is, this is why I had so few of them. You would have the pilot Luke Skywalker. That was actually an interpretation of what the rebel pilot uniform looked like. I had that when I was a kid, but then on the other end of it, you had the, the super Grover costume that had the super Grover mask with the helmet and a picture of super Grover on the chest of the costume. So that sometimes they went with trying to have some accuracy and sometimes they were just like, kids are dumb, sell some plastic. And I can still smell these costumes all these years later and still feel the the sharp <laughs> as christian said the sharp edges of the mask like i'm trying i feel like the eye holes dug into your cheeks maybe a little does that sound right i i just know something i about- i actually up until i think it was fifth grade fourth or fifth grade when i read binacula and then after that that was my de facto halloween costume because my mom actually took a velveteen rabbit that she had made a uh, suit that she had made for a play and turned it into binacula. But I was very much a Ben Cooper kid when I was like kindergarten through third grade. I don't um, think but- I ever like wore one of these for Halloween. I just remember the other kids that had them, but like, I, I don't think, I, I think my parents were like, we're not putting you in that thing. I would never have worn something like this though, because I was not about if it had the character on the costume like the whole point yeah i wouldn't wouldn't do that and i with the grunt when i first saw it i i was thinking as much as i loved that artwork on the cover of your uh color forms because that's what this reminds me of and i just absolutely hate it. it it's it's like he has this battle aura of yellow and red because right. they're they're trying to do like the package explosion but not quite well i'm sure it's just as you know it's a sample of gi joe artwork that that good lord though look at all right okay we've got to unpack this first <laughs> let's start with the mask this absolutely horrifying nightmare <laughs> goblin of a face 
with his luscious pink lips, which maybe <laughs> what is the deal with Grunt's lips being so because they did the same thing with that Walmart retro figure. That grunt figure oh, has true. This, yeah. this same shade on his lips. <laughs> Is that figure of the Ben Cooper costume? <laughs> <laughs> so he's got uh, his insanely wide eyes, which, you know, safety concern. And I, I don't remember the 80s being particularly safe, but they have to have a certain width on the eyes. He's got this hole in his teeth where mm-hmm. the kid can breathe through. Uh, nostril holes, of course, as well. Nostril holes as well. Uh, sculpt wise, I mean, it, it really looks like a monster face. It does not yeah. look like, uh, like even, even discounting the ghoulish empty eye sockets, like even the face looks more like Bar- Boris Karloff or something <laughs> than an yeah, action. If you take soldier. the GI Joe off the helmet, you'd really have no clue. If you, you could take this exact mask paint that face green and paint the helmet silver and it would look like some kind of like rob zombie monster robot <laughs> <laughs> which now i kind of want to do but i'm not paying 40 dollars to do that uh and then of course the little you know the uniform as we've talked about that has hang on let me get back i've got a dozen tabs open right now because there's no way to get like one complete picture of this so the the image that's on the chest of the the costume part which by the way this is like a was it like a vinyl jumpsuit i guess yeah yeah uh so a, sweat, they, a sweat creator this, right this image is completely nuts i don't i guess this must be original ben cooper art because i don't see hasbro using anything like this if you zoom in on this this is well, first of all, the aura around him looks like the electricity monster from Scooby Doo. <laughs> His face is it looks like somebody who's never seen a human before <laughs> is having a human face described to them and drawing it. Uh, and then he's got it's all no, none of the proportions are correct at all. He's got a little tiny torso big giant thick arms his head is this weird ball in the middle of all all of it and then he does have this nice multicolored m16 mm-hmm. uh this is wild i want this just because of how kooky it is <laughs> but this is not all you guys we've already mentioned duke we'll we'll save the other one for last for our big surprise reveal so this duke listing uh, it has an image of, I guess that what is that version two? Uh, version well, it wouldn't be two because two would have been Tiger Force. But oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the the, the Desert 19, Storm ninety, dude. yeah, one ninety two one. Uh, so that's the image that's on the chest. But then we move up here to the mask, and the first thing I notice is the mouth hole is gone. Yeah. Apparently they have decided kids can breathe well enough through two nostril holes. We don't need the mouth hole anymore. Uh, the eye sockets even appear to be a little bit smaller, but he's got these crazy giant goggles on with some kind of chip underneath the right side. Now, I'm assuming this is accurate to that version of the figure. I'm going to have to look it up because I don't remember him having like cyborg uh helmet i i don't either but my familiarity with 90s joes is is uh well it's only growing as as time goes by yes it's 1992 
it's it's the start of that era of artwork where we always have to have a grimacing face <laughs> and some sort of cybernetic enhancements. When you pull up 1992 Duke on Yojo, him riding that cannon is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that. I no. don't see that helmet design. No, not at all. Although, okay, but what about because they did the Hall of Fame Duke, but I feel like that was later on. They did a 12-inch Hall of Fame Duke. Right, that's what I'm talking about. He's more like traditional Army Duke. Yeah, I was wondering if he maybe had some wacky goggles that I didn't remember, but he does not. Um, yeah, I don't know where this came from, but it's different. It's 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 more toyetic. Yeah, it's, that's true. it's more it's more costumetic, I guess. <laughs> Uh, th- but this is just awful. I don't. This one, I don't even want for novelty's sake. It's it's just bad. If I if I could get it for like ten bucks, like in person at a convention, maybe I would. Uh, but th- this is this one's pretty bad. As opposed <laughs> to the final one that Christian discovered, like live as we were doing prep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and trust me listeners be thankful we discovered it yeah <laughs> earlier not and kidding. not right now so what what do we got here christian we have the ben cooper sergeant slaughter costume so at first i thought oh is this Slaughter based more on a, on his uh, WWE persona or back in WWF um, because he's got the black tank top. He's got USA written across it in red, white, and blue. He's wearing giraffe pants. Giraffe striped <laughs> pants. He, he looks, looks like, like Leatherneck volume. Neck. Yeah, Leatherneck. Yeah. Um, but he does have the G.I. Joe belt buckle. So this is G.I. Joe Sergeant Slaughter. Well, and um, there are multiple versions of it, because if you remember, um, around the mid-80s, Ben Cooper switched from the boxed window box mm-hmm. costumes to ones that actually came on cardboard hangers. Uh, and then would have the mask attached to the top of the hanger. And Sergeant Slaughter was a bit available in both versions. So let's talk about this mask. Let's do. So he's got his hat. It's actually the sculpt for his face, his head, for a Ben Cooper costume is actually really good. It's it's pretty darn good. If you put Sergeant, like if you didn't know who Sergeant Slaughter was, if you put a photo of Slaughter next to this mask, you would go, oh, yeah, that's totally him however there is a nightmare inducing element to this (laughs) sergeant slaughter is wearing his you know mirrored ray-ban glasses what whatever it is that they are and they have cut the eye holes out of these glasses in the shape of eyes obviously Uh, (laughs) it's pretty bad I I I can't tell if I'm looking at like 
alien impersonating Sergeant Slaughter <laughs> or Jeepers Creepers, his eyes have been sucked out, Sergeant well, Slaughter. And as creepy as this looks right now, imagine actual like child eyes <laughs> in those eye holes. It, oh my God. And I know what? these things were very cheap, but it wasn't like translucent plastic wouldn't have been that expensive at the time. And but it would have been another applicants. step in the production, though, because it would have had to be an extra piece. Or you I could just know. do the whole thing that way and just paint the rest of it with solid oh, paint so that it's not translucent. I think you're you're talking about transparent aluminum to somebody in 1984 <laughs> <laughs> looking looking at the the blow-up photo of the mask it does still include the mouth hole yes it does it is really thin it's right underneath the mustache it is i mean it's, it's like some instance, weird medieval torture device it's, it's that right was where the mouth would in be 1986 though. oh you know what Okay, this is an, another place where the sharp edges of those masks, because if you're a kid wearing this mask, you can't help but stick your tongue through that little mouth hole. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but that's sharp plastic edges, and it's scraping the heck out of your tongue every time you do it, but you can't help yourself because that's what you do when you're a kid, is dumb stuff. Okay, so now I found a use for it. <laughs> if, you, if you click through the... The photo after the blow up of the mask is looking at the inside of the mask. Uh, so, folks, buy that, hang it on your wall, and now you've just recreated the haunted mansion busts, except for with Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> so, during Halloween, Sergeant Slaughter, his soulless eyes can follow your guests all around the room. Ooh. <laughs> huh. Okay, so. Out of the three Ben Coopers, and, and who knows if there might be others out there. I doubt it because I feel like we Googled everything that could be Googled. But if there are more, yeah, and the, the fact that there's know, not a Flint, there's not a Cobra Commander. I mean, Cobra, that Cobra Commander mask with the eye holes in it now, yeah, I, I, I need to see this. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that there's not Cobra Commander in some form. Uh, although you know what they would have done, they would have done the 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 helmet, but with eye holes and right. a silver yeah. faceplate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't have done the hooded one, which would have made no. some sense. No, or the or the uh, battle armor. Even yeah, it would have been it would have been the regular you know battle <laughs> helmet. Uh, so out of these three, uh, which is our favorite? Well, the slaughter doesn't have a picture of Sergeant Slaughter on its chest. So it automatically wins for that reason alone. Yeah, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but I got to go with Slaughter on this one. Well, also, that... apparently the Slaughter one, uh, the one that's on eBay right now is I got to buy it now for $500. Because it is autographed. It is autographed. It is autographed. By Sergeant Slaughter and uh, is the only one that's on there right now. You got to wonder if someone brought that to Sergeant Slaughter at a convention and he thought that he was in a fever dream because he didn't know that this ever got produced with his likeness on it <laughs> that's entirely possible so we're all in agreement that sergeant slaughter is the greatest of the ben cooper gi joe costumes and we will be keeping an eye out for uh any other gi joe costumes that might be out there and listeners if you know of anything please hit us up on audible interlude podcast on instagram and let us know
Yes, I know they have been. They did some recent uh, official GI Joe costume, like Halloween costumes that were at like Party City and that sort of thing. Uh, I think uh, based around the, like, I think they started doing that around the Rise of Cobra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they don't do those god awful plastic masks anymore. But no, oh, nothing quite is... along these levels. There are some awful masks though, and we'll talk about those maybe <laughs> next year. Yes, yes. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, I've got a sinister feeling in the air that's telling me it's time for a review. Review in three, two, one. As we mentioned, it is the spooky season, and that means we're going to take a look at something a little more horror-oriented or, or Halloween-y from the world of G.I. Joe. This week, we are reviewing from G.I. Joe, a real American hero, The Phantom Brigade. Christian, this was your suggestion. Was this kind of like the first thing that popped into your head? Is it something you'd been wanting to talk about? It's not anything I necessarily had been wanting to talk about. Um, I, as in like jonesing for it, I I was having sort of like flashbacks of, wait, there was that episode with G.I. Joe with the ghost, the ghost. So um, it kind of gave me an, an excuse to go back and rewatch it and jar those memories well and unfortunately uh, unfortunately and perhaps somewhat surprisingly uh that episode of gi joe with the ghosts doesn't narrow things down a lot (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) so good good point (laughs) this is from the first is the 18th episode of the first season of G.I. Joe, a real American hero. That is the first full season. Uh, directors were John Gibbs and Terry Lennon, who actually directed every episode of that first season. Oh. Uh, the writer was Sharman Devono, who also directed, or uh, who also wrote Let's Play Soldier, Not a Ghost of a Chance, and I Found You, Evie. From the oh, wow. Yeah, so this yes. writer stuck around G.I. Joe for a while. Yeah, gave a range viper personality in the nineties. <laughs> the the uh, the air date was or the original air date was October 9th, nineteen eighty five. So this did originally air during the spooky season, and uh, now we're going to talk about it, you guys. So in, in reviewing this and going back to this, we'll, we'll go back to you, Christian. What was kind of the first thing when, when we open up? First of all, this one moves right the heck along. This uh, it's an episode that doesn't mess around at all, and and granted, most of them don't because they only have twenty two minutes to get whatever they're trying to get done to to feature as many toys and characters as they possibly can. Uh, but we we open up right off the bat. We've got Major Blood and a Fang, which is a site that I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't necessarily want, like, if Classified is looking at doing a Fang, uh, I don't think I'm too... I, I wouldn't want... Eventually, I think we'll probably get another Major Blood 
maybe slightly more traditional looking or in retro colors, but I don't want a classified thing with a major blood because we want troop builders with those vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what was, what kind of jumped out? What, as you sat down to start watching this, what were your first thoughts? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so there are parts of it. I really, really enjoyed. Um, there were some parts maybe didn't age as well with today's sensitivities. Um, Some of my just more broad notes, um, I did, where is it at? Um, Morgan Lofting, she earned that paycheck with this episode. (laughs) Oh, yes. The amount of extra voices that they threw her way uh all still using the same baroness well uh, that's what cracked me up so much was, was the mongolian warrior was literally just baroness like <laughs> yeah not even <laughs> noticeably different what what wait what cracked you up was that it was the baroness and not that all of these characters spoke perfect english <laughs> well that's, <laughs> that's all almost always a given though that's all part and par- parcel of the romani magic uh yes yeah. well that you mentioned was, that uh and, and granted, this is 1985. We we just aren't as aware of things then as we are now because we didn't have global communication on the level it is now. We didn't have cultural sensitivity as it is now. Uh, but for anybody that does not know, gypsy is a racist term. It is very offensive to the Romani people. Uh, and yes, obviously, it, it's been used in popular culture Eons. forever. Yeah. Uh, but it it is not a nice term, and we're we're not going to be using it here. But uh, yeah, we, now that we've got that out of the way, but overall, uh, compared to a lot of other GI Joe episodes, even if they didn't get a spotlight, this episode has a lot of characters in yeah, it, it's and a yeah. lot of vehicles. I, I noticed that as well for for as sort of esoteric as this subject matter is. And I wonder if because of, you know, we're dealing with ghosts, which the cartoon deals with all kinds of weird, bizarre stuff. But this one almost stands out even more as being weird and bizarre just because it is these three ghosts from three different eras. It's it is very strange. I so, always wonder if they were like, well, let's let's throw some extra marketing in there well so there was a podcast uh that i had listened to a couple years ago uh talking to this gentleman who was one of the voice directors on transformers and gi joe and um and he was talking about how sometimes with the scripts so if they knew they were bringing in x actor to to do a voice oh what are the other characters that he does so then they would like go in and you know before it's animated and change some things up so like um the gentleman who voiced i think it was the uh the world war one pilot is Mm -hmm. also the voice of snow job which is so it just they just sort of work backwards from there like you know, we can pay them to do one day worth of work and get all these characters out of them. But then you get like this eclectic collection 
of characters on the team. And I, I really liked that aspect of it. Yeah, that's pretty smart thinking. And it, and it is, there's a massive variety here. Uh, and we also get, like you said, get a big variety of vehicles. And right there in the opening, we've got Major Blood and the Fang leading Firebats, which seems a little weird. Well, and Those... Firebats weren't even on the shelves at this point. Right. This and is a year before silver. they were on the shelf. Yeah. Ah. Which looks pretty cool. And I'm relatively certain that has to have been done as a toy at some point, but I can't think of it. I know we've gotten different, like at least black, maybe. But now I'm curious to see if they've done a silver fire bat because I'm thinking they haven't. I want to. I want to say I remember them doing a silver one at one point, maybe in the 25th line or something, because they've reused that mold a whole lot. Um, but I remember distinctly, kind of gave me flashbacks watching this. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember the the, the fire bat showed up before um, the Terradrome. And that it wasn't like I was surprised when the Terradrome was released that their Firebat was not like a separate vehicle that was being sold on its own. So it looks like. Oh, wow. The Firebat has been released in dark red and bright red. And that's it. Really? Not under like a different um, name. Well, I'm trying to look and see if it, it had a different name, but I don't because this is showing the 2008 version, which is the one, the most recent one that I was thinking of. Uh, and then 1986 and 1988, when it was, I think it was a mail in maybe in 1988. Yeah, mail the mail order version is a, is a little different color of red uh, from the Terror Drone version. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to do a little more research on that. But we're we're not here just to talk about firebats. We're here to talk about ghosts attacking GI Joe under and Commander viper gliders because we sold us some viper gliders in this episode too. Yes, <laughs> the most efficient vehicle ever. Yes, uh, I love that the Cobra Trooper as as they're attacking this military installation in the Carpathian Mountains. Uh, one of the Cobra Troopers runs up and throws a grenade, and it is a Cobra grenade. It is actually a silver and red grenade, and it has a little cobra emblem on it. And I want very badly a prop replica <laughs> of a, a branded cobra grenade. Cobra's marketing department was was on point back then. Yes, absolutely. The, them and Hordak. Yes. <laughs> uh, did Cover Girl sound weirdly southern to you guys in this one? Did you catch that? Yeah, I noticed she had an accent that oh, I... didn't sound normal. I don't know if it was the same. Did they use a different voice actor? Not that how, I'm aware of. I don't know how quickly we can find that out, but I, I did, she because she sounded correct, but she just had a southern accent. It was it it that struck me. It would make sense for Scarlet maybe to have a southern accent. <laughs> You're right. It, she probably should, but does not. Well, that I'm. I'm uh, basically from Atlanta and don't. Well, you, you, yeah, you are. The, some, sometimes you escape that. Yes. No, we, we don't all talk like the characters from Designing Women or, uh, you know, <laughs> everybody else thinks that people or, from Atlanta talk. Or, or like 75% of the characters from the G.I. Joe animated series. Right. No, according the to the ones this, from New Libby, Jersey. According to this, Libby Aubrey was the voice of Covergirl for this episode. So maybe okay. they. 
just told her to try something different. Or maybe there was just so much going on that she threw that in there and they were like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I liked the the jealousy here. So Duke, we've we've already talked about uh Duke and Lady J being a little too close for comfort at one point. Oh, and now well, or it was, was it cover girl? Duke and before? cover girl. It was the it was oh, the so cover closet yeah. in town. Yeah. This is I made an ongoing thing. Scarlet Scarlet seems a little jealous in this issue, yeah. in this episode. Yeah, because uh, CoverGirl tells Scarlet Duke is right here beside me, and Scarlet says, yeah, I'll bet he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this this was kind of a, a through line that with, they carried on. With all of the rewatches of G.I. Joe the movie that we've done here recently, when that line happened, I was like, oh, being a player actually runs in... In the family. The family. <laughs> Duke has just sort of aged up enough to be a little more selective. Yeah. Uh, I really liked the Carpathian, the military commander. He he got to do a little bit of exposition and scene setting and, and his line of strange things happen in these Carpathian mountains. Like he, he was he was the proper level of doom saying. He was like the guy that says, Don't go to Camp Crystal Lake. Like he had that he had that aura about him, and I I enjoyed him very much. I like when he called out Gung Ho. You sound like Dracula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gung Ho, who does not wear a hat in this episode, and I could not remember, is that just a sunbow thing? Or he usually had it. Oh, no, yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking too, but he does not have his hat through this entire episode. Hmm. But yeah, you would think he would have the hat because that's what the figure looks like. Not that they were beholden to figure designs in this show at all, I guess. So never no. mind. Forget I said that. Uh, and this episode also establishes that it annoys Cobra Commander that his troops aren't willing to die. <laughs> and that's why he needs troops that can't die. Yes. Which is, is the whole reason for putting together this Phantom Brigade. So he apparently sends cobras, the Cobra Eels out to just steal an old lady to bring him ghosts. <laughs> it's I think it's one of his better plans. Well, and fortunately for him, this old lady happens to have the ability to conjure ghosts to serve Cobra Commander. So things really yep. worked out on that front. Yeah. And uh, she, I don't know why she has these items, uh, but... Because you never know when you're going to need ghosts to assist. That's true. That's true. If you've got the ability to conjure them, then you want to She may not their... necessarily be trying to conquer the world, but she has laundry to do. She's got to pick up the grandkids. Right, so right. why not have some ghosts to give you a hand? Well, and what I liked about these items is, you know, you, you have one item that is, oh, that's... That is the locket of my beloved, who I will cherish for all eternity. And then you've got another one that's, oh, that's the, I think it was the ring, the ring. that belonged to my betrothed, mm. who who was meant everything in the world to me when I was still alive. And then you get the other one, they're like, oh, that's my lucky coin that I gambled away. <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute, pal. <laughs> I also, the, the, my notes, the rock on that Mongolian wedding ring. Mm. I don't. Yes, I did not realize that they had such fine diamond cutters and setters during 
that sure. period. But sure, sure. Yeah. There's a much, much beautiful jewelry was uh, smelted and constructed uh, or or whatever. Uh, I liked the eels being freaked out by the lady telling them their hands will fall off <laughs> if they mistreat her. Uh, and, and at this point, this early in the episode, I think we were maybe five minutes in. They had already said gypsy so many times that I typed in bold print, stop saying gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> so very quickly, they, they ran ran that one up. Uh, so we have ghosts in the service of Cobra, a Roman warrior, a Mongolian warrior, and an American warrior, a fighter which, pilot. Which seems like it was a bad idea to include the American warriors. Like, mm, doesn't no, seem like it's going to work out for you, Cobra Commander. Foreshadowing. Of, of all the characters, he legit annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Total credit to his voice actor. Uh, because I felt like he sounded like whiny kid Luke Skywalker. Oh, he was very like, aw shucks the whole time. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the second, sweet, innocent kid in love that you feel bad the second, for. The second part, I'm talking up to maybe it's just because he's a ghost. Like, they've brought you back. Here's this guy wearing, you know little nazi symbolism sort of uniform he's got this faceplate you can't see and you're just like oh shucks commander you're gonna hold my locket and i'm gonna do like at no point are you completely freaked out they just they don't have time for all that no nope. we got to move along and sell the toys yes. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need things like plot logic mucking everything up true uh so obviously at this point uh i must say i really need some translucent phantom brigade figures from super seven mm-hmm. uh glow in the dark even <laughs> so i thoroughly appreciate the detail they put into the animation so that when they send them out to fight they they do us a you know a, a see through effect on yeah. them so that you know that these are ghosts and of course the joes are like oh what is that what's going on oh my gosh that's a world war 1 fighter plane and it's shooting screaming flaming skulls at us <laughs> yes <laughs> and the, the fire, fire that's rising I, I has very big faces Anytime you include fire demons in a cartoon, I am all about it. It's good stuff. But whenever they attack, they make them go animation-wise solid. They're no longer see-through. Yeah. And then as soon as they're finished attacking, they went right back to see-through. And I was like, okay, they did not have to do that. So total... It's a good visual for kids to, to realize, oh, this is why their weapons are able to hurt the Joes and why the Joes are not able to hurt them. They're like Klingons. They have to come out of uh, <laughs> uh, stealth mode. Right. To, to attack. Uh, and I love that basically the second Cobra commander establishes that he's controlling them, they go right to that air raid. Like yeah. there's no getting used to this concept or anything. It's just boom. Boom. We're going to go attack again. Mm. 
Wild we've, Bill. We've got a lot of fighting to catch up on. That's true. It's true. We we got to get back to the action. We've had all this exposition about these ghosts and who they are, and and we, the kids are falling asleep. We got to throw some flaming skulls at them right now. Uh, so we get Wild Bill and Cover Girl in the Dragonfly, and Wild Bill recognizes the aircraft, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just him having that familiarity. Uh, at this point, okay, so Noel. Uh, I want your perspective revisiting this. What, how long do you think it's been since you watched this episode? Sat down and watched it probably fifteen years. Oh uh, wow! Okay, I mean it's one. It's one that um, you know, we put these on in the background a lot, um, but it's not one that I've actually sat down and paid attention to. It's one that honestly, like I had forgotten mostly. It's not one that like sticks in my craw that much. Oh wow! That this is one. If I sat down to write a list of real American hero episodes, like from memory, this would be in my top 10, probably not like of favorite episodes, but of like, if, if somebody said, Hey, list, list the, uh, plots of Joe episodes from memory, this would be one of the first 10 I wrote down hmm. for sure for me. So where did it fall on your like wacky scale? Ah, uh, I mean, it's, it's up there. It's up there pretty high. But again, this is not like an abnormal Cobra plot to summon uh, ghosts. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> if in a vacuum, this would probably be pretty high. But in the world of G.I. Joe, it's 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 mid-level wacky. <laughs> so we've got uh, very specific attacks attributed to the ghost. We've got the we've already talked about the the fighter plane shoots flaming ghost skulls uh and then the mongolian warrior has ice arrows and she freezes an entire slugger which i thought was a really cool visual yeah but it Uh, also defrosted really quick yeah the very next scene it's not frozen anymore uh but that's that's okay that's okay uh so in christian watching this episode we we we've talked about tons of figures tons of toys was there one particular item in watching this that that you got a little more itchy for like something that you're like ooh i'd really like to have that figure or that vehicle well uh, as far as something that hadn't been made or has been made because getting a slugger again has been on my list um this year and so when it was front and center, it just got that vibe going for me again, where I was like, oh, let me just jump on eBay real quick. and Same. See. Same. Well, as soon as the slugger was in that frame, I was like, oh, man, I need one of those. And we actually get, like, Thunder has a role in this episode, and he's yeah. not in very many. So, you know, you get the whole package with the slugger. Being yeah, I don't know you. if I could even remember him showing up in another episode. Which is weird because he's such a cool, unique-looking character. You'd mm-hmm. think there'd be a priority to get him in, but the, if I think the Sunbow logic is probably like, well, we show the vehicle, and that's what the kids want to buy. Yeah, we're not as worried about yeah. the pilot, which is why you know you've got Scarlet driving Sky Strikers or whatever. Unless that's like a Wild Bill or somebody who's like a major character, right? And well, and who 
has such a specific look like yeah. obviously oh although you want to make wild bill a major character but you don't make him look anything like his figure no still, no no still baffling to me and still uh re- super seven come on we need that reaction sunbow wild bill something bad and a sunbow dragonfly make it happen do it just so we can get a dragonfly <laughs> uh so we've got mongolian ice arrows uh quick kick has three swords he ends up fighting the Roman legionnaire and he's got his one sword out and then he still has both swords in his backpack. So the Roman legionnaire whose attack is apparently magically controlling swords, I guess. I thought it was telekinesis, but I like magically controlled it's, swords. Well, it seems very specific <laughs> to, to that. Well, so I was thinking he, about too. Quick, quick, quick! You know, he his figure had a sword, but he didn't use a sword very often in the cartoon. No, mm-hmm. no, he he, he used he, his kick. He used, used his, his quick feet. kicks. Uh so yeah, he uh, guy steals all three of Quick Kick swords and uh, throws them back at him. <laughs> and Cobra Commander witnessing the the success that his three ghosts are having attacking the Joes immediately just goes straight to i don't need you anymore baroness yeah (laughs) just shoves her aside they're right like the battle's not even done and he just can't get rid of her fast enough yeah this has worked so well for him in the past (laughs) i was making a note that uh the when they wrote the snake eyes movie did they actually borrow the element of the of baroness lending uh her her services to the joes at the end because uh it's very similar in retrospect but i like her reasoning the reason baroness goes to help the joes is not really even because she's mad at cobra commander it's because she needs her job with cobra (laughs) she needs she is protecting her employment wild uh, I also noticed that Baroness's gloves have fingernails. <laughs> a little weird touch. Uh, and then we've got the the uh, pivotal scene of the entire episode when Covergirl holds up a little American flag in the cockpit of the Dragonfly, and uh, our American ghost fighter pilot says, "Oh my gosh, they're American!" So he cannot attack fellow Americans because clearly nobody else could have a little tiny American flag. It could not in any way be subterfuge. But going back to to what we said before, we don't have time for all that. We got to we, we have to figure out how going. to wrap this up. And uh, that was a good way. And I did like Wild Bill's line of I like to use my head before I use my guns. I I, I always like sentiments along those lines and, and Sunbow gets them out there. Pretty regular. I I thought this could take a pretty interesting turn because you know he mentions his Jenny, and he is a World War One fighter. Jenny might still be alive somewhere. I thought that same thing, and uh, because I mean this is nineteen eighty five. There's a good chance that she was an old lady, and uh, what would his reaction be? To be like, oh, here's the here's my love of my life, and now I have to see her as you know this this old woman. Well, as it turns out. fortunately for us all jenny's dead Uh, and apparently died young unless ghosts work like they do in star wars where you may just randomly be a young ghost even if you die old uh so 
we we get a, a on the ground uh, we have our american pilot lands and uh we get we can see straight through you and roadblock that's because he's a ghost that's because he's a ghost that the delivery of that line is <laughs> phenomenal to the point where i made a video of it and sent it to you guys uh in in our chat because it cracked me up so much the way that he said it uh and what in case you missed it it's roadblock and he says that's because he's a ghost because what else is he going to say? <laughs> uh, so the Joes, of course, being Americans, win the ghosts over and explain like, hey, ghosts, you don't have to serve that guy. You can just help us uh, beat the evil. And it works. I like when they're raiding the castle. It's not Grunt. It's it's one of the green shirts. But this guy, we were talking about Southern accents before. And this one green shirt is the most Southern of Southern of accents we'll handle it here i mean it, it could not have been more <laughs> dip spitting monster truck riding hee-haw <laughs> uh i also like that no matter where they are no matter how far apart they are no matter what vehicles they're in the joes and cobras can always hear each other mm-hmm they're communicating with each other on their radios <laughs> even though they're fighting it's a it's a mutual respect thing it's like the venture brothers <laughs> like it, it's it's really just like they're just playing a game uh in the end the items apparently don't really matter like you i thought the fact that cobra commander had those three items meant he could control those ghosts but that's clearly not the case uh he ends up running away in terror and his hysteria as he's running away is wonderful. <laughs> and then the skeleton rises up and I got to wonder why Cobra Commander's not like, you're just a skeleton, shut up and like kicks. Yeah. Him. But instead he's just screaming and freaking out at this skeleton. That's cause he's a ghost. Uh, and then we get a little sort of a somber ending of uh, the American ghost. He 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 gets found, somehow finds his ghost fiance, uh, and they fly off into the ghost sunrise. That's because he's a ghost. What an episode! <laughs> Not the scariest. By no, far. but but it's no. but it's ghosts. I mean, it's ghosts. but it's ghosts. It's definitely seasonally appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any other any follow up thoughts? Anything else you guys wanted to say about this one? Yeah, I, it's funny. It, all my other notes that I had on here actually had to do with the the lack of the three items at the end. Like, right, so, it's it's just, just they seem almost irrelevant. Yeah, I'm just gonna bury them <laughs> in a very very shallow plot. Well, speaking of burying things, it is time to bury this segment and move on. That's cause he's a ghost. Welcome to a special monstrous installment of Missing in Action. We're going to take a look 
It's some monsters from Joe history that have not made it into toy form or maybe didn't make it in at the right time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what everybody else's selections are, but I'm going to kick things off uh, because we've talked about it on the show before. It's one of my top five wants from somebody. I don't care if we get them in O-ring. I don't care if we get them from Super 7 or in Classified, whatever the case I need some fatal fluffies and I need them now. My note was whoever goes first is going to say fatal fluffies. (laughs) (laughs) You were correct. Uh, I mean, to me personally, this is one of my favorite monsters from the entire history of GI Joe monsters. Uh, I love this concept. I mean, they're essentially like, they're kind of a ripoff of tribbles and gremlins and like, there, there's so many different sources, but what's so satisfying about them is in their cute and cuddly form, they're just this stereotypical 80s cartoon creature. Like, they could very easily have been from, like, Rainbow Bright or Thundercats or, like, literally any other franchise from the 80s. You could see a little plush of this guy. It's it's just adorable. And I would look, I would take that too. Somebody yeah. make a plush of this thing. Uh, but then when some idiot put the dreadnoughts in charge of these, which makes no sense to me whatsoever, but they've got their little dog whistles that trigger this transformation into these giant monstrous like cyborg minotaur creatures that don't even make sense, but are awesome they're huge they they can talk and wield weapons and i just this is one of the most out there concepts but i love it uh their powers they have super strength they have laser whips laser pistols fire breath why do they even need fire (laughs) breath it's so it's such an unnecessary bridge too far but there it is so like i want reaction figures that come with a full-size fatal fluffy and then the little small one and a and a i want a uh ultimate that comes with the fire breath at the all i think the most satisfying thing i could possibly get would be super sevens ultimates because if they do an ultimate it's probably going to be one of the larger 65 dollar ones it'll come with the smaller version and the larger version it'll have the whip the pistol it'll have a fire breath like plug-in type of deal like and it'll look you know it'll look perfect i think that's what i want most but i would also be fascinated to see how lenny designed a fatal fluffy because they do have this like armor plating look to them and i could i could see this being an incredible classified figure as well but one way or another wherever they come from I I need this. I need every version of it. Do them all. So, Noel, you obviously knew this was coming. Yeah, I I mean, this was one that when when I think about monsters from G.I. Joe, this is the first thing that pops into my head. They're iconic, um, you know, in one of those early cartoon stories. Um, Yeah, I would I would love to have them. I would take them in in any form. I said I, I. I even thought about the idea of having like the, the cute version being a plush, but I actually now that's the one I want the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, looking at that, it really would be so perfect. And I'm a little shocked. 
I wonder if there's maybe somebody on Etsy that has done that, but I feel like it would take some effort to get it right. And it would probably be cost prohibitive. Yeah. You, that's, there's a lot of detail you'd have to do into, to make that look right. Well, and it is funny that they're from so early in the series, like they're from pyramid of darkness. Yeah. Like, it's not like this is some later episode where they had started getting weird. Like this show was weird from the start which that was what year was that 84 uh i think so right so i mean if that's 84 that's not i mean gremlins was not even in the no this it, is eight, it's 85 okay so it's yeah, 85 it's, all right so yeah then um, maybe there was a gremlins influence if it was 84 then there's no way it was right it. right but this yeah this was the year after because gremlins was 84 right yep yeah so this was the year after uh, so yeah, fantastic monsters. We we need toys of them badly in in every format, not some format, <laughs> every format. Uh, Christian, what what monster are you dying to see in GI Joe? Okay, so I sort of cheated a little bit on mine because I did not know that this monster originally, well, it took me years to know that this monster was originally from GI Joe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'm going with something that actually has had a toy. Um, and it is the alien monster from the 2002 set secret planet of Xenom. So I was Ooh. big into the Max Steel action figures. Um, and I did not win this lot on eBay, but there was this alien figure in this lot with the Max Steel. Um, it took me years to find out where he came from. And apparently in 2002, uh, they did a 12-inch adventure team of a G.I. Joe astronaut fighting this really awesome-looking alien insect creature. And they did three different versions of it with a red alien, a blue alien, and a green alien. And they've never done anything with this alien since. So you're I, almost doing a reverse missing in action. Like we have a toy, but we need more. I need this in classifieds. I need this in three and three quarter inch scale. Um, I, I get during that time period, yeah, they're doing the G.I. Joe 25th, you know, he, how do you make this fit in? But it is such an awesome creature design. So, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think it was after the after we started the podcast that I finally learned that it was from a G.I. Joe set. Um, so it hasn't been all that long. I always, you know, I, I would go on and look on Max Steel sites and never see the, this alien. Um, so that's why for the longest time, I thought, like I said, it it wasn't, I didn't think it was G.I. Joe. I didn't think it was Max Steel. Like, I just had no idea what it was from. Right, because I'm sure whatever printing is on, it just says Hasbro 2002 or whatever. Yeah. So, this, so, yeah, this is Adventure Team Packaging. Uh, if the listeners want to check it out, it's Secret Planet of Xenome, X-E-N-O-M-E. 
uh and it comes with this really actually the astronaut looks pretty cool too it's an adventure team astronaut he's in like a, a shiny blue suit uh but the figure this what these wild blue bug eyes it looks like a mutant ant a mute ant if you will uh but you'll notice the middle fingers are articulated yep on this guy so it looks like he can kind of hold stuff and interact with the other figure yeah, this thing's fantastic. I would love to see this in any other line. I'd love to see it in media of some form. Uh, this thing is awesome. I, I Now I want it. Oh, no, I don't want it that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Going for, look, it looks like uh, about 150 bucks on this guy right now. Although I, w- I wonder if you could get the alien by itself, just like loose. I don't, I, I haven't seen it. In, in a while i mean I, again it, it's one of those i i keep hoping eventually i'll just see it in a lot with a bunch of other 12 inch figures of somebody that did doesn't know what it is and get it at a decent price but here's one here's just the alien for 55 plus 12.75 shipping by it now that's not mm-hmm. terrible for for that for 12 inch figure no but I do feel like it's the sort of thing you'd go to a yard sale and find it just in a bin. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like you said, just stuck in a lot with other stuff. Great pick. That guy is awesome. I love it. Uh, Noel, what what monster is creeping around your consciousness? So um, mine actually, uh, I've got more than one would come out of this episode um, but specifically, mine are all around the uh, the episode entitled The Fun House. <laughs> okay. But specifically, what I, th- I first thought of is there are uh, a series of Cobra Commander uh, jack-in-the-boxes yes. that the Joes encounter. And I want, uh, I want toys of all of them. Uh, the one where he's like the carny, where he's wearing the the striped suit and the yeah, hat, yeah, yeah. Uh, with he where the head is just you know Cobra Commander's mask, but it has the the like the nutcracker mouth that's opening. Uh, and then there's the other one where he's a clown, like a jester clown. Yeah, uh, and it's terrifying. But the thing that I really really want the most from that, there is a scene at about the eight minute forty five second uh, point, and this episode's on YouTube as part of the official uh, Hasbro channel where the balls with Cobra Commander's face are dropping. Yeah. And it's dusty and airtight um, and a couple of the characters. Anyway. Well, it's in the, it's in the credits, isn't it? Isn't it in the end credits? Y- yes. Yes. So that's, so that's, uh, that's, that scene's in the, in the credits. But what happens is one of those explodes and Dusty inhales the gas inside and he hallucinates Cobra Commander and snakes come out of his mask and his hands. Yeah. And it is the most like bizarre, grotesque thing. And I want a Cobra Commander figure that has like snakes crawling out of his face in his hands. Yeah, this visual is incredible. Yeah. Um, it it is if King Hiss looked this cool, every kid would have wanted a King Hiss <laughs> figure as opposed to him warming pegs. Yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. If you go the the thumbnail for the the Funhouse episode is Cobra Commander with snakes coming out of his face, which I think is pretty bold because if you're a kid, 
looking at this right not not that there's a lot of kids that are looking at gi joe on uh youtube right now <laughs> i would say there is zero <laughs> but like if you're if you're a you know if you're like trying to get your kid to get into gi joe it's like oh let's hop around and watch some episodes and this is what yeah. you see uh as the thumbnail that's pretty scary uh, I just noticed too that the Worms of Death episode has also got a super frightening um, thumbnail for it. Uh, uh, yeah, of course, because as we know, those <laughs> are we, that we've, clickbait. we've talked about those before. Yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. Uh, what a great selection. I, you know what? Out of those three, Noel, I got to give you props. I, as much as I want a fatal fluffy, this Cobra Commander. <laughs> is incredible i would love and it would be very easy to do uh with just a d detachable hands and head mm -hmm. like you could do a regular cobra commander figure that includes these parts to just pop on to swap out yeah this is great this i tooling wise i don't know if that's something super seven would potentially do as a like an ultimate like a con exclusive or something you know what i mean yeah it's a i mean that's a lot of tooling for those little snakes right uh but i feel but like a custom as, is a, a custom is like you know gonna be easier than actually customs don't count uh as toys <laughs> no no uh, I'm, I'm just sorry. i'm just saying no I'm offense to customizers i'm so surprised i have not seen someone customize this yet well even then i mean that would be it would be a lot of work a lot of little toy snakes you intertwine them you could probably yeah. pull it off pretty easily I think uh, reaction is probably the most likely possibility for this, but I, I don't know that it, it, it would happen it's, anywhere. It's it is so a weird. very, very specific, like right. two, it's two seconds on celluloid and that's pretty right. much it. Right. Yeah. But how cool would that box set be with? <laughs> oh yeah. Those dude, versions? dude. Yeah. If they, if they did a reaction box set airtight, uh, with it because I believe he's got his helmet off in that scene, doesn't yep, he? Yeah, yeah, airtight, uh, airtight, dusty. airtight, and dusty, and then all of the balloons with Cobra Commander's face on them. Yeah, so do a few just little balloons, but then the box set could look like the scene, so the graphics could have the balloons like on top of mm -hmm. the window, and then this Cobra Commander. I would love that, that would be fantastic. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I think we've uh, covered some pretty awesome monsters that we'd love to see uh, as toys or, you know, represented in other ways. So it is time now to wrap this thing up. Thank you to everybody for hanging out and having a spooky time with us for this episode of Audible Interlude. Our music is by Andy Sanford of electricminnowmusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on Twitter at G.I. Joe Audible. The best place to communicate with us is probably on Instagram. Uh, send us messages, share your thoughts, tell us what you think, what you want to hear about. And uh, you can also check out the Needless Things YouTube channel for reviews of gi joe and other toys uh especially spooky toys all month long christian tell us where we can find those wonderful photos you can find <clears throat> excuse me you can find me on instagram and flickr.com under legion cub and noel why don't you tell us a little bit about the finest 
The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club that raises money for a great organization called Canines for Warriors. If you've ever thought about uh, dressing up like a G.I. Joe character, maybe even uh, one of the spookier G.I. Joe characters, uh, then uh, check out the Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook. Uh, check out thefinestcc.com and uh, yeah, consider uh, joining us and helping us raise this uh, money for this fantastic charity. And if we ever go to a convention and see somebody dressed up as Snake Face Cobra Commander, <laughs> uh, we will get you a free Audible Interlude T-shirt. Yes, I think that's that the least be, we can do at that point. That would be incredible. Uh, all right, you guys, thank you for having a great spooky time talking about G.I. Joe. As always, yo, Joe! Cobra. That's because he's a ghost. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.